When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig. I am joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And Dave Watson. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to both of you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's lovely to see you again. Thank you. You too. Ish. Good. Yeah, ish. So it's been a shit Christmas all around. Uh, obviously the shittest thing that's happened... Uh, was uh, what was Pavel? Yeah. So um, we'll say right now that obviously, what, however shit this Christmas was, uh, nothing was shitter than that. And today was his funeral, I believe. Yeah. And we'll talk about that uh, later on in the pod. Yeah. Um, but for now, let's uh, deal with uh, more trivial matters, and that is uh, three. One nil losses. Um, <laughs> uh, Alex Bagley, however you say that, we've addressed this on it's the podcast. Bagley. Bagley. It, do you mm. actually know that? Dave? Yeah, I tweeted him and found it. It's Bagley. Okay. okay. Uh. So this is a, a, a regular listener who uh, is fairly active on Twitter with the at Newcastle Natter follow us account, and he said, "Hard to imagine that the title of the next podcast won't be heartbreaking one nil losses." And um, that pretty much sums up, in footballing terms, the Christmas period. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've we've lost Christmas three <laughs> nil. We are. You've pointed out before, though. We're always terrible at Christmas. So mm. I've said that many times, surprise. and you guys have. I felt like you rubbished that thing. We didn't. No, we just. We. Just, I mean, I know that there are exceptions that prove the rule, but like, I mean, we we kind of accepted it. Yeah. But okay. yeah, the, I, th- I think the 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 the, the narrative. Oh, N-bomb. Narrative. Yeah. The, the jumps out to me was that all of the 1-0 losses, all of them were unfortunate. And what, In that we lost. No, no, no in, in that, that it was like we didn't deserve to lose any of them. It, it, it could be argued that we deserved to draw a couple, sure, but I, I don't think we deserved to lose any of them. Is that why Steve McLaren... Smiled in every single interview. <laughs> I think he's yeah. Well, he's on the board, so he's got a. I don't know. Well, well, yeah, we'll get on to. I know what you mean about them being unfortunate, but I think in a way that was 
of our own doing from the lack of clinical finishing. It's not like we were denied... <coughs> I mean, there was one penalty we were denied, but it wasn't like we were robbed in any way by no, no, no. So, refereeing so, decisions or anything. No, I don't, so it, I, I suppose it's better to say that it's, it's misfortunate rather than... Unf- I, I don't think, like, luck was... I have was no idea what the difference no, is um, that was it. That sounded like a George W. Bush word. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Misfortunate. It's that you, you have oh, no, benefited In the fact that we missed a lot of opportunities. <laughs> I think that if... Um, on, other, on, on another day... We would have beaten Arsenal because the um, the, the 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 strikes from like Vinealdum would have gone in, like the the header from Vinealdum, or Mbemba would have got a like it's it's uh, slight margins of error. And ditto against uh, against West Brom and, and and Everton. To be fair, I think that we weren't we weren't shit in any of the games. And if we were twelfth in the table, we would we would have looked at this as a blip rather than a, as a, a marker for the season. It's just these three games, we were, we were unfor- misfortunate. Um, Again, that word. Well, it's because... Uh, like, it's the new bounce-back ability. <laughs> unfortunate <laughs> is like we've, been, uh, we've, we've missed out because of bad luck. Whereas misfortunate, we haven't benefited from luck. We, sure. We, yeah. You'd seem really keen but on I, introducing, <laughs> introducing that word into the national lexicon. I just think it's more that we can't score. Is the thing. It's not necessarily luck. We're just sort of not putting chances away. Well, I'm going to go straight into sure. something uh, broad because we can't go. We can't go through every game really. Because no. let's be honest. Mm. I mean, we were all drunk throughout <laughs> <laughs> that period. Um, I mean, uh, so it's difficult to go through the minutiae of each game. But um, uh, looking ahead. I remember thinking about the January transfer window and thinking, seeing some things a couple of weeks ago about us looking at strikers and getting annoyed by that yeah. and thinking we don't need a striker. What we need is holding midfielders. And now it looks like we are looking for a striker and now it suddenly feels like, no, that is probably what we need because we're in a relegation battle... You yeah. need someone to score mm. the goals. So you've, you must have seen the link to Loic Remy. That is the thing. So Loic Remy. Mm. Uh, one, Dave, do you think he's coming? And two, would you like him to come? Uh, no and yes. Paul? I'd agree with that. Although it would be in keeping with us to go for a loan signing where we should be signing someone permanent. Well, I would say that we have signed somebody permanent. His name's Alexander Mitrovic, and we shouldn't write him off yet. No. I would, I would say, though, that in the context of this season, signing Loic Remy on loan for the end of the season makes perfect sense for all parties because Remy needs to be playing consistently because he wants to go to the Euros for France. Yeah. And we need somebody who is a reliable goal scorer and... Uh, I think you play, you play Remy and Perez and Mitrovic, and you've definitely got goals in that side. You would play all three, you think? Yeah, but I would play Remy probably wider and Perez wider. Cause it, so one thing, I know we're not going to go into the games in great detail. We can go into the Arsenal game. I was, I yeah, I was just going to say about You're the allowed Arsenal. to go into any game if, at all if you want. Do you remember when we go beat Man U 5-0? That was Fucking brilliant. No, the um, the Perez game, uh, sorry, the Arsenal game, Perez and Vinaldum actually swapped positions from what we're used to. And uh, Perez was playing 
wider left and uh, Wijnaldum was in the centre and Wijnaldum got on the ball a lot more and was able to stamp his authority on the game and Perez was more effective wide left because he, he got more you know, he got more yeah. chalk on his Well, boots. we finally had a player out wide who takes people on. Absolutely. Well, he takes people on out wide, whereas yeah. Wijnaldum wants to take people on in the yeah. centre. So with Wijnaldum with doesn't, wasn't really Sorry. like, he never had chalk on his boots, did yeah, he? He wasn't, he wasn't knocking crosses. He's not in. a winger, no. No. He's, he's definitely a number 10. And to be honest, plays like that against Arsenal, who, they're a, <laughs> really good side. Yeah, I think one Eldon's our best player, and it makes sense to play him in his best position. Mm. Interesting. For me, maybe he is our best player. So yeah. you've, you've he scored forty percent of our goals this season. Yeah, yeah. Are you sure De Jong isn't our best player? I mean, he, he could I mean, potentially. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, so going back to Remy, I think you, you sign Remy on a, a short term deal, and you you keep you keep. Giving Mitrovic opportunities, you don't give up on him. Uh, I think that that works out for everybody. I don't think it's going to happen because he's going to go somewhere else. Yes, I think. He, why was he, he going to go? He's linked to about well, I, six other Premier yeah, League clubs. He he could move to Norwich. He could move to well, Crystal Palace is the one that Palace, keeps coming up. The same yeah. with Charlie Austin, who yeah. we're after. And, and for both of those players, it means they don't have to leave London. And well, it, also, all he needs is an Oyster card. Yeah, and it also, that's all he needs <laughs> is an Oyster. Have you? Have you seen the train fare from London to Newcastle? Yeah, it's ridiculous. They are ridiculous. Well, so I mean, buy them far enough in advance, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> if you if you look at like um, as a striker, what you want is uh, the, like the freedom and the, the the less responsibility. You don't you don't want to be leading the line. You don't want to be like like getting two chances in a game and be expected to put away one. That's why Remy will go off to Norwich or Crystal Palace or something. So let's say he goes to Palace. Yeah. Um, do you think that indicates that players like to go back to Pardew, Dave? <laughs> oh, here we go. No. I mean, Kabai went back to Pardew, didn't he? Kabai wanted to come to us, though. We just wouldn't sign him. Yeah. So, you got a good uh, Christmas present, didn't you, Dave? <laughs> that, one, of, one of my longest-serving friends, <laughs> uh, I suppose. I, I always it. forget you're a military unit. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, he, he got me, uh, for Christmas, uh, my friend Alan Dinsdale, he bought me uh, a signed Alan Pardew <laughs> Photograph. Genuinely signed. framed, framed and signed. <laughs> um, so I'm not. I'm not a proud man. If anybody has got any ideas how I can get bloody revenge on on Alan, please at me. I don't care. Just do, let me know. Just please. do. Um, do even if you're not a, a Twitter user, do search out at Newcastle Nata. It you know it's only a week or so ago uh, that we showed the video of Dave I knew nothing about this until it was tweeted but Dave receiving uh. that present and it's very entertaining <laughs> it is very entertaining I'm, I'm happy for those to be entertained but good god I'm going to ruin that man yeah were How we many... entertaining against <laughs> Arsenal we were quite good weren't we Paul we were quite good it was quite a boring match I thought, mm. and look, well, as a Newcastle fan, it wasn't totally boring because we actually looked like we were playing football. I think we had that, some chances. It wasn't that boring. We had a good few chances. We had a few, yeah. I think a lot of it is down to Arsenal's sort of centre midfield 
didn't close us down at all. So it made Tote and Colback look a lot better than they have recently. And you have to you have to give them credit. They they had a hundred percent pass completion. Yeah. And while I thought immediately that's a lot of that's going to be sideways and backwards, actually, it's about a third of it was forward, a third of it was sideways, and a third yeah. of it was back. So that's kind of what you would expect from the from the centre mid. And I think a lot of that has to do with uh, Vinaldon being played in the centre. Oh, definitely. I think the Arsenal game showed that it was the first time in a while we actually did create chances and miss them. Whereas previously, again, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's Mike Ashley Lies on Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Chris. Was saying Chris Waugh, Hewitson? Hewitson, yeah, yeah. Basically, over the season, in terms of chances... Uh, no, in terms of converting chances, we're pretty much in the middle of the table. So it's not actually the, sh- the finishing that's the problem with us. It is creating chances. And yeah. I think against Arsenal with one album in the middle, we looked like we can make chances for once. Which is why I'd come back to buying a striker like, like Remy... Oh, signing him on loan or whatever. I think mm. that makes a lot of sense in the short term. But you'd be putting him out wide. Yeah, because uh, I can understand why. Yeah, but we need someone to finish those chances. I right? think in the, it would be in the model of when we had the front three of Bar, Cisse, and Ben Arfa. Exactly. Yeah. But if you remember, uh, in that front three, Bar went out wide. Yeah. And stopped scoring goals, and Cisse was in the middle. Scoring goals, but then we but, need someone sorry. scoring goals. But then I would yeah. say that um, you would substitute Remy for Ben. Well, you'd substitute Ben Arthur for Remy, and Remy would play the more Ben Arthur role, which is like driving with the ball from deep, because he's he's very good at that. He's very good at attacking the box from wide. Right. He's not your your prototypical centre forward. He's a, a wide was that, forward. Was that another new word, Paul? No, that's a, that's a word. That's a word, prototypical. That's okay, cool. misfortune. Yeah, misfortune is definitely a word. I, no, but you, I'm not is just mis, making... Yeah, misfortune's a word, but I wasn't familiar with the word misfortunate. It's definitely a word. It is. Oh, right, okay. I just wasn't cool. clear what the difference between that and unfortunate is. Okay, all right, okay. Moving on. Uh, yeah, so the uh, but the, the 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 front three, or it would be more like they'd be playing as um, uh, wide midfielders attacking from deep. I think that that's where you like Perez was. Perez was attacking the the, the play from the wide position, which is not something Vinaldum does. So I think. You sign a striker like Remy on short term and it's good. You sign you sign Austin long term and it's better. And if you if you were to sign Austin, then yes, you drop Mitrovic and you don't play. You you certainly don't play Mitrovic or Austin from the wide position. It's only Remy that I would play from wide. So, as if I remember correctly, you both said you don't think Remy's going to come no, to us. No, so, I'd like him to. Yeah, we would both. We would all like Remy to come to Newcastle United for the rest of the season. Season to please keep us in the Premier League in this uh, vital season. Yeah, where yeah. a team really fucking wants to stay in the Premier League because mm. if they don't, they're missing out on the biggest pay deal ever. I'd say yeah. there's a chance of Remy coming to. There's us. There's a chance of Remy coming to us, but. If, as we all seem to believe, he probably won't, or it's more likely that he won't than he will, are we going to buy anyone? Who is going to come to us? Are we going to buy someone who will score goals? Because, I, I mean, I, I agree with you, Dave, that we don't want to be hard on Mitrovic. You've, mm. It takes 
a lot of great Premier League strikers are wild to nestle into this league yeah. and start scoring goals. So it just so happens that he's walked into a team that at the moment is in a really dire situation and needs someone to score goals. Yeah. yeah. And Cissé's injured. For three months, wasn't it? Was it that long? Yeah. See, yeah, I, th- I think it's, so, yeah. It's looking quite bad, his groin injury. Cissé's injured. Uh, Perez isn't scoring goals because mainly he's been played in a deeper role or a wider role now. So far, I mean, yeah, we yeah. love him as a player, but wherever he's playing, so far, he's hardly prolific. No. No, I think our front... Or well, our three main striking options of Perez, Mitrovic and Cissé, it's something like 10 goals between them yeah. this season, which after 20 games no, is a worry. Really. But again, I still think a lot of the priorities we have, left back and centre mid should be considered because they're the sort of engine areas that we're not starting chances from. So we're just, because they're inadequate, we're under more pressure than we should be. So this we're ma- not controlling games like So we this makes be. me feel like, even worse about things because now we seem to be having periods of games where we are controlling it a bit just by I don't know motivation or good training or whatever Mm. and there are chances happening and there are they are not being taken. That's three. Well, I think Arsenal was nil. the only one really. The other two games we weren't in control of at all. Okay, we were set up enough. to counter okay, attack. The Arsenal game showed at least that we, if we play Wijnaldum in the middle, that does make a difference for creating chances. And you mm. can't understate how good Czech was as well. I mean, he made his positioning made some of his saves look easier than they were. Like the Wijnaldum one on one, he was out so quickly. I'd have dinked it. I'd have dinked it. Well, you would obviously have scored have it. it. I mean, I'd have dinked it. <laughs> but I think he was out so quickly in closing him down that it reduced the thinking time more than a lesser keeper would have done. Yeah. I mean, Peter Cech is a world-class goalkeeper. Yeah. And I think if we'd come up against... And I know we've, we've had a similar discussion before. If It's the nature of football. You come up against the team you come up against. But if we'd come up against a lesser keeper uh, playing for Arsenal, like um, Chesney... Or something yeah. like that. Like, I, or a speed. We would have scored. Yeah, yeah, we would have scored. It was just that Jack's amazing and our strikers aren't prolific. Here's I think the thing. we're I mean, very we're... close to a good side. I Are do we? believe that. Yeah. Are I we? really do believe was that. Was it Arsenal? Was that the side that we were. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the problem with us and the Christmas period perfectly crystallises how we are as a club. Mm. As soon as we come up against a good team, we'll perform. And then when we come up against. The lesser yeah, teams yeah. that we should be dominating, we don't. I, was, I would much rather we played badly against the bigger teams and well against the lesser teams. We'd be, more we'd be about teams, 10 yeah. places higher in the yeah. league if we yeah, did. Yeah, sure. I always feel like that's what fans of pretty much every club always say. Is always, we always perform well against the good teams, but we can't perform well against the shit teams. It's just one of them things, isn't it? And, but we are performing however... Well, we're performing. We're very rarely getting Winning. three points. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's not so long ago that we beat Spurs and Liverpool. That's true. Directly after each but other. But then last season we had a little period of form. Yeah. And it lasted it was much more longer. than and it lasted more than two games. Yeah. And now we're going into a period where, I mean, I'm worried because we're losing against Arsenal away, as you would expect. But we're also, but we're also yeah. losing... I mean, I know it was 
a couple of months ago now, but we're also losing 3-0 to Sunderland. We're also yeah. losing at West Brom. We're also losing at home to Everton. What, who in that table? I mean, we didn't, we didn't get three points against Villa. Well, yeah, who yeah, in yeah. that? So from somewhere, these points have got to come. Yeah. So you can say, oh, well, it was Arsenal. You know, we came up against a world-class keeper. We came up... Where are the points going to come from? Where are the points going to come from, Dave? <laughs> well, <laughs> given yeah, Dave... We all uh, we can get out of this. I, I truly believe that we've the, the players. I uh, believe I can play. We've the players in the squad already. Already, without strengthening, we've the players in the squad to get out of this. I think the strengthening that's going to happen in the window, and I do believe there's going to be strengthening in the window. I think we will sign, even if it's on loan, we'll sign a striker that is more prolific than Mitrovic and Perez are at the minute. And I do think we'll sign somebody for the the left-back position that is a concern. I'm not convinced we'll sign somebody for the centre, because I think... I worry that Teote had one good game, and and they'll do what they do every transfer. I mean, McLaren had... uh, Sorry, Teote had a really, really good game against yeah. Arsenal and credit he, to him and it, he will always get injured though sure I, I think that to answer the question like where are the points going to come from they're going to come from places that we don't expect and they're going to come from places where we, we've still got like Sunderland to play we've still got Aston Villa to play again we've still got um, like Swansea and um, Southampton who are having a bit of a dip and we've still mm. got like we're still capable of taking points off pretty much most of the league. We're capable. We're capable, right. So that's know. where I think the points are going to come from. Is I'm capable. Of, I scored a six last season at cricket. I'm capable of it. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I know what Dave these, means. These guys are like, we have international quality footballers at the club. We've got uh, a decent coach. I don't, think he, I don't think he's great. I don't think he's ever going to get us anywhere in the top half of the table. I just I don't. He's I don't got think. a pretty fucking. The only person I don't mean this or season, team I mean in like, football yeah. who's got a worse record than us in 2015 is Steve McLaren. Like collectively, yeah. Derby and us. I don't know. I've just made up that fact, but it sounds true. I think it's it So um, we. I don't have the stat to hand, but I saw a stat the other day about the position we were in at this stage. Mm. The year we went down. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And it was a fair bit better than the position we're in now. Yes, good stat. You're all, yeah, it's a good stat. (laughs) But it is, I mean, the point stands, whatever the numbers are, the point stands. We had scored more goals, conceded less goals, and we had more points. I would And when you're saying that we have, we have the quality to get us out of this now, and we've got these these great players, well, at that time, we had what were supposed to be good players. We had Michael Owen. We had Damien Duff. <laughs> we had Nicky Butt. I mean, that, looking back now, you say, well, they weren't at the best point in their careers. Right. But... That's, that's, that's a, a point that I want to But maybe we'll look on, back but... now and we'll say, well, Mitrovic turned out that we went down and then he went to West Brom and ended up scoring 25 goals in a season, but he had his shit season, first season in the Premiership with us. I would say a couple of things. The performances are definitely better Mm. at the moment. We're losing at the moment, but we're playing 
I mean, some of them aren't, but we, on the whole, we're not capitulating in the way we did even last season. It does feel like we're not getting the rubber of the green as opposed to just being dog shit like we normally are. Yeah. It feels like we're not capitulating at that level. So, and the other thing as well is the teams that are down around us are picking up points at the minute. And sort of the lesser fancy teams for the whole first half of this season have been getting points where they normally wouldn't. And usually when that happens, they will, what is it, revert to the mean. They'll have a worse second half of the season. Mm. And it, there's already sort of signs of that, I think. With Chelsea well, when you say revert to the mean, what is our mean? Well, our, our mean, our mean last... I would say, is like 14th, 15th. Okay. And our, so our average points of the, of the season, uh, well, points per game is something like 1.22. And this season it's like 0.85. I think if we revert to the mean, we'll probably not get 1.22. But we will creep up the league. We'll because we'll, to get to the the magic the magic number, which is uh, for the last four or five seasons, I think the average survival uh, points tally required is thirty six points. And to get thirty six points, we need another fifty, uh, another nineteen points. We need another nineteen points to get to thirty six. We're on seventeen. All right, so that's not nine. Yeah, it is nineteen. All right, well yeah. then, carry on. But will that? I don't know if thirty-six would be enough. It might not this be season, enough but because a lot of the teams at the bottom have picked up more points than a- they would. Absolutely, to get to to get to the thirty-six points, it's not actually a huge increase from what where we are now because we've already accrued seventeen and we've had a mm. shocking start to the season. To revert- Swansea are starting to play well. Bournemouth are picking up points. I think, in a way, we're still paying the price for those three points from the first eight games. Yeah. So we have to sort of take that into account a bit. Yeah. And we're still inconsistent because well, we're, we're playing, such a young team. Stats-wise, we're also paying for the, for the naught points from the last three games. Yeah, but then if you look at the last five, you'd say it's six from five, which is, is enough it? to keep you up. It's not, though, is it? Because we didn't beat Villa. It's okay, I think the two. All right, six, you're, you're thinking six from six. Win, six from six. You idiot. Yeah. <laughs> which is 38 points. Yeah. Which right. is so uh, okay. if, traditionally. If enough, we okay. do revert to mean, which I think we will, which is 1.22, we should we should claw our way out of it. Whereas you look at um, certainly the two teams below us, Villa are screwed. Yeah, they're absolutely. Down. There is no even if they revert no, right. to the mean. Let's just. I mean, that's sure. just obvious. Villa are down. But then so are Sunderland. Even if they revert to their what, mean... the team would beat us 3-0? Yes. Even if they revert to mean, that will, even if they revert, they're still going down because they okay. won't accrue enough points to get themselves out of yeah, that. Yeah, it'd have to be okay. a very... Three teams go down. Good escape. Sounds yes. like we're good candidates for the uh, team that finishes 18th. Hmm? So, um, I want to rattle on. through this. Yeah. Quick, while we're on the subject... It's becoming a, a theme of this season's Newcastle Nata. Poor percentage chance of us going down as it stands. 35. 35. 25. 25. I think Paul's 35 sounds... I'm going to go 45. That's interesting, because before the Liverpool and Spurs games, I think... You were saying it was basically 50-50. I'm an artistic guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, artistic? Or, or yeah. t- 
autistic. Yeah, I'm, you know. He's on the spectrum, I go, but, yeah, still. Yeah, but that, no, that makes sense, though. That makes total no, sense. No, before the, before the, you were saying 50-50. Exactly. exactly, in the Liverpool-Spurs games, we got some points. And that, so it makes sense that I think it's less likely that we'll go down after those. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know why you're giving me a funny look, Dave. Well, because we've got six from six instead of... Doesn't matter. Anyway, carry yeah. on. So, guys, <laughs> um, predictions for something else that might happen in 2016? I mean, do we think Steve McLaren, will he still be our manager at the end of 2016, Paul? I think barring, like, a run of sort of four... Five nil defeats in a row. They're not going to shell out the money to sack him. Plus, I think I don't think Lee Charnley would sack him because then he's saying I'm not good enough at my job because so he fought so hard. I think the only way McLaren would go is if Ashley decides Charnley has to go as well mm. and gets rid of the lot. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so you're saying no, Dave? Def- as in, you're saying yes? He will. Still be he's here. definitely here until the end of the season. Yeah, but I'm asking about 2016, Dave. Stay up, he stays. Go down, he goes. Yeah, so he by stays. that you mean he he's, stays. he's saying. Okay. Yeah. I don't think he'll... In 2016, I think he'll be gone by the end of 2016. Mm. I might by be the wrong. Way, I like, might be wrong. I might be wrong. I know it's New Year, but there seems to be a sudden trend everywhere of talking about football in calendar years. Yeah, as if it's, it matters. It's New Year. Absolute I'm nonsense. I'm not, I'm not having a go at you. Fine. Just I am a fine. Lot of, well, I bit. tend to go by the uh, Chinese calendar. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Where would we be in the Chinese calendar? Well, this is the thing. It's I'm going to look at the, 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 the year of the donkey. Um, and quickly... Mm-hmm. Saturday, we're away at Watford in the Cup. Paul, you're going? Yeah, I'm going to be there to watch us take the Cup seriously because that's our target this year, remember? <laughs> top eight. Might, might not leave until we win a trophy. Yeah. Well, if we're going for top eight and trying in the Cups, then we'll presumably put out a strong first eleven, which I think we all know that's not going to happen. But then we didn't rotate our squad at all over Christmas. There's a lot of talk from McLaren before the Christmas game for saying, like, you have to rotate the squad because players can't cope with that many games. Well, Rob Elliott rotated himself. Yes. By, I don't know. I think Carl Darlow wishes Rob Elliott hadn't needed to rotate himself as well. Poor Carl Darlow. Yeah. So, prediction for Watford? Watford are... We sort of had a bit of a chat off air about this before. Watford Mm. don't need to rest... Any players, they don't need to rotate. They're not challenging. They can afford for to. They can afford to take the cup seriously. Yeah, and I think our back four against Dini and Degallo, it's sort of the tailor-made combination that we would do poorly against. They've already beaten us at St James's this year as well. So yeah, we're going to lose, I think. Hmm. But I do think Logan. we'll get to see Tovan and De Jong start and a few other players. Well, you, that'll be exciting for you, won't it? To it see will. De Jong. <laughs> He's going to come good. Maybe you, if you hang out outside the players' <laughs> lounge, maybe you could get an autograph, Paul. Maybe. <laughs> Look, he's not match fit. No. And he never will be. Has well, he ever? Because he's, he's a geriatric. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe it's got to the point where some people just 
aren't match fit. (laughs) He is genetically not match fit. Well, I wonder if we'll see Aaron's as well. Like he's on the comeback, but I don't think he'll. Be yeah, there. they were supposed to play tonight in the the under twenty one game against Everton yeah. uh, over in Southport, but it's been called off because of waterlogged pitch. Maybe, It'd be good to maybe see Ivan Tony. Yeah, be good to see our reserve right back. Although we don't have one, so. is he a right back? He can play anywhere across yeah, the back. Yeah, he tend, ah. that, I think that tends. I think he's traditionally a right. Oh, back. So we do have his one. only appearance for us has been at left. Uh. left and I don't know if this is worth talking about as well. We won't have, obviously, Armstrong, who got a hat-trick at the weekend. Yeah, I wanted to bring that up. That is the positive thing yeah. over Christmas. <laughs> the positive our thing best over player yeah. does not play for us. I mean, he's not our best player, but I mean... A most informed player at the minute. Yeah, I, for, you've got to bear in mind the level of football he's playing at. and I, I don't think bringing him in to this side would, would change our fortunes. He's not... He's not there yet, in my opinion. He's a goal scorer. Do you think there's an argument for having him back if we're playing Wijnaldum in that hole? Because before, I agree, the way we were playing was just hoof it up. And I think that sort of way of playing would have ruined him. If we we make a couple of signings, if we have like a stronger midfield and we can dominate games, is there an argument for having that kind of predator there? Because you could argue it's the same as Kane at Spurs, who was sort of came in unfancied. Was that out on loan a lot of the time. Oh, that is a good call. I, I th- with <laughs> yeah, yeah. With, with Armstrong, I don't. I don't think he's that kind of striker. Though I don't think like if if he was if he if Armstrong was more like an Andy Carroll, then yes, because what he's offering you is not necessarily just a goal scoring threat. He's a he's a presence in the box. He's hmm. he's he adds more to the game. But Armstrong's more like a like a Teddy Sheringham kind of player where he he might score. He is scoring consistently in the lower leagues, but he's not, he's not the predator. He's, he's not like a goal really? poacher. He's not like a... He a, seems to be a bit of a goal poacher. Is he not a bit like Jermaine Defoe when he was at Bournemouth? Is that <laughs> not what's going on now? I've, I've never heard Bournemouth like, said <laughs> contempt. <laughs> Bournemouth. No, I... I, I He's doing really well at League One, but that, that's because I think it's it's def- at least one level below his standard. I think you stick yeah. him in the Championship side, and he's he's more he'll he'll act more as a pivot than he is at the minute. I think confidence is a big thing, and if sure. we can't get someone like Remy, if we can't get someone who you who is who regularly scores goals an Emmanuel Riviere type an Emmanuel Riviere type if we can't get someone who consistently scores goals in the Premier League or we know can like Charlie Austin or someone like that who Mm. probably won't be able to get if we can't get someone like that then I think it might be worth recalling I think the idea of Armstrong up alongside Mitrovic in a game like this Saturday's cup game where you can try that out yeah. I wouldn't have minded seeing. Yeah, I can see the argument for keeping confidence. him. For his career, it's probably a smarter move for us to keep him at Coventry because it is League One. The step up to Premier it's League is huge. huge. But I mean, you've you've seen players who like uh, David Nugent scores quite consistently at Championship level, and then when you try and get him to make the step up to to Premier League, he just doesn't have. I see that, that extra. But sometimes players just are on hot goal scoring streaks and. Mm. Mm. Scoring goals, where whatever level you're at, is a valuable asset. Yeah. True. I just, I, I don't think he's ready for this this level yet. Okay. So, what is your prediction for the Watford game, Dave? Uh, one 0 loss. 
Great. So four 1-0 losses in a row. I reckon the worst result as a football fan is a 1-0 loss. I'd rather have a 4-0 loss than a 1-0 loss. I don't know. We've had some depressingly heavy losses. Yeah, I hate 1-0 losses. Because at least you get to see some goals. Yeah. If they, you know, if they... At least you get to see yourself spanked. I... I kind of agree because 1-0 is it's, it's close enough that you think oh, when you, you go yourself it. when you attend the game it's like well what was the fucking point the worst one is definitely a second half yeah. goal which is what all of these yeah. were. that's that's the second worst. half of the second half the Everton one was last kick of the ball really wasn't it yeah yeah last but in a way the 1-0 losses have improved our goal difference <laughs> <laughs> so we really need to uh draw this pod towards its end before I get on to Pavel there's one stat that Dave's written in his notes and I think is very worth bringing up it's a good stat Villa spent last summer 52.5 million and we pet spent last summer 46.7 million and that's so, gross Just and that's gross that's gross so yeah. but Villa's isn't gross is it yeah so they both but so Villa Villa have spent, spent more an absolute than so, fortune. They, they signed like Amavi and Veratu and all that. And yes, they had lots of money coming in from Benteke and Delfs. Yeah. Well, did they get anything from Delf or did he go? Yeah, they got yeah. money for Delf. I don't think they did for Vlar. But the, the, the point is, is they've spent an, like, they've spent an absolute fortune and are, have eight points in the Premier League. So for all, a lot of people are criticising Newcastle for spending a lot, but actually doing poorly we're not the worst candidates and Sunderland no. um, have also spent quite a bit of money and Swansea's uh, not Swansea somebody else there's a lot of money being spent and we're not the worst um, Villa worst have defenders. spent in the way that we do though of going after quite young players yeah. from the French league who well, might turn into something decent okay. their All best, right. well, their best we... players are Marvy well there we are sorry we've got the stat out there yeah right congratulations and <laughs> um, so, as I said before, it's been a shit Christmas all round. No more for uh, the, uh, the family of Pavel Cernicek. Yeah. So, last time we had a pod, that was me and Paul. He'd already had a cardiac arrest. We didn't want to talk about it too much because we feared the worst and that happened. It was, it was very touching. I thought that there was... Um, there were requests from the family that there would people would sing his name mm. at the Everton game. You went to the Everton game, right, Dave? Did you not? No. Okay, no, no, all right, sorry. No. So that was nice. By all accounts, it was sang loudly. But let's let's talk about Pavel for a minute. You met him, didn't you, Dave? <laughs> I think met a, a strong, but yeah, I was I was on a flight. Uh, it was like 1994. Peak like, Pavel. Peak Pavel. And I was on a flight down to, to London. I was on my way to, to, to Disneyland, actually. And um, he, I recognised him as he sat down. And I, um, I got dead excited, you know, because I was a kid. And I was sat next to my dad. And my, I said, oh, I, want, I want to get his, his, um, his John Hancock. I want to get his um, autograph. So, my, so he said, just, Sorry, I'm not just familiar go. with that phrase. John I, th- I thought it meant penis. Yeah, I thought it meant <laughs> penis as well. John Hancock's the first signature on the um, Declaration uh, of Independence. Right. Oh, okay. All right, fine. Or, go on. Yeah, anyway. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, I 
tapped him on his shoulder and uh, he was sat with his wife or partner at the time and I was like, oh, I'm terribly sorry, can I, can I get your autograph? And he, um, he said, sure, do you, do you have a pen and all the rest of it? And I, I had a pen, but I had nothing to write on. So my dad handed me a sick bag so that I could like get the signature no matter what it's on. And, um, and Pav signed the, you know, to, to Dave, you know, best regards or whatever he wrote, um, Pavel Cernicek, and he handed it to me. And then he, he grabbed, like he held his partner's hands like with both of his hands. And so I went for the handshake, but both <laughs> his hands were occupied. So in a fit of like prepubescent, anxious nerves, I just ruffled his hair <laughs> and, then, and then had to sit behind him for a 35-minute flight. As the child who'd ruffled his hair. <laughs> as the ch- and, like, my dad was like, as we landed, he, was, he said, all right, come on, get up. And I was like, no, no, no. But I was like, get up. And he's like, no, no, no. I had to wait until Pavel Cernicek got up and left because I couldn't, I couldn't bear the embarrassment of being the fucking idiot who ruffled his hair. Uh-huh. Oh. But he was so so genuinely nice, and he's he's one of like he's one of the Geordie heroes to 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 the club. And he, I think I think I read recently that he was our longest serving foreign player. Yeah, um, that's pretty impressive. I hadn't and, spotted that. And uh, a lot of people th- uh, they always associate him with uh, Keegan's Newcastle, but he was actually signed like by. Uh, like Jim Smith, like two managers before. Mm. So you had Jim Smith, then Aussie Ardealers, and then Keegan. And it was really under Keegan that um, that Pavel Cernicek really kicked on and became I don't a, know. I mean, I don't want to spoil your stat, but he was with us his first... He was with us for seven years mm. in his first stint. How long has Colaccini been with us? Anyway, let's go along. <laughs> let's go. But it, um, you read it somewhere, I believe you. It was, you know, yeah, it was on. It was yeah. I read it somewhere. Okay. There was another thing I read as well, which you don't hear of happening that often. He's one of the few first team players we've had who was a trialist. Was he? A tri- yeah, he was a trialist yeah. when he came over. The only one I, that springs to mind is Bassong. Ah, uh, right. But well, yeah, there there's not many. Here we are. If you're looking for people just floundering for things that they might be facts. <laughs> that one's definitely then a fact. This, he was a trialist. Is, this is the podcast to come to. But yes, he was a trial, trialist and he was signed by Jim Smith in 91. And then a month or two later, I think, yeah. our dealers took over and he wasn't favoured for the whole time. He was never... He, he wasn't... It wasn't... For the whole time that he was with us in the first stint, 91 to 98, mm. he was never guaranteed no, uh, no. the starting place. There was always, uh, which I think... There was Shaka Hislop brought in when he before him. He was brought in towards the end. him, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Mike Cooper was brought in and there was a battle with Tommy Wright. Yeah, yeah. When he first joined the club, and we've talked about this before, there's always, there always seems to be a battle for uh, the keeper's place. Uh, with Newcastle, but even under that competition, he ended up being in our best years. Really, the Keegan of yeah. uh, Keegan's first stint and Sonnechek's first stint, he was our most memorable keeper. He uh, was in goal for the five-nil Man U game. He yeah. was, and he he was. Yeah, he was. He was not a big guy. 
He was a shot stopper, right? That was what yeah. he was always referred to as, which I suppose is, which I always think is a weird phrase because isn't that what <laughs> a keeper's supposed to be? But it, it's the same was, sort of thing we had with Shea Given, where he's not going to dominate sort of, the yeah. box or anything. Yeah, I think but the he, thing with Pat though is it's, it's less about his. I mean, you, it's less about his performances because it's hard with the goalkeeper to see that he's trying hard. He's not running about the pitch or something. It's just, mm. but Pav just he. he he bought into the area and the, mm. the, the fans took, took him to their hearts and he will be much missed. He was, he was just, he obviously had an affection for the club and the club clearly had an affection for him. We're looking out over his career. Newcastle was the only place where he played uh, more than 100 games. He made 152 League appearances for us in total in his two stints. Mm. That was great, his second stint. Yeah. No yeah. one saw that coming. <laughs> no. We replaced Given in like the, the 80th minute or something against, I can't remember who it was, it was somebody. Um, but then the, the, the next, the game that I remember was, um, it was, a, was a nil-nil against Mets that got us through to the, the next round of the Europa League. Yeah. And um, I mean, what a way to like... <laughs> and he actually got a contract extension off the back of that. Yeah, he God. was with us for a year then. And uh, I mean, to, to imagine just coming back to your old club purely is almost like as a, I'll just help them out a bit and managing to get them through to the next round of the competition. That's just. I think, especially as well, looking at it from now with the players we have, not just foreign players, but all the players we have and the affection they have for the club and the area. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't happen anymore. No. So such a rarity. I don't think we can quite do him justice in the sense of uh, proper obituary. Uh, I know this is a book that gets brought up quite a lot on this pod, Touching Distance, but there's a really good chapter yeah. about Pavel Sernicek in that yeah. book, so I recommend searching that out. The infamous Alex Baguli mentioned that he read that chapter uh, after Pav died. And I'm sure I haven't read it, but I'm, he's, he's got a book that he was promoting the week before he did. Yeah. He yeah. had his um, heart attack that he uh, called Pavel as a Geordie, which is apparently, as it always goes, is, is selling brilliantly now. And I'm sure there's lots of great stories in that. But he seemed, he did have a really interesting life. He grew up in a really rural area in what was then the Czechoslovakia. And he, he he didn't know much about big football clubs. I don't think he didn't know much about uh, Newcastle. Is a, is certainly a, a, didn't know a, a about Newcastle. Or anything. He didn't even know about uh, much about. He went to Prague and found that difficult. You know, so uh, it's it's really interesting his life. So worth reading about. But we are now coming towards the end and. Uh, We'll end it by saying thank you, Pavel. And we'll end it by saying thank you to you for listening. And thank you to Paul Doolan. Thank you. And thank you to Dave Watson. Thanks. All right. See you. Bye. This is a Playback Media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.